This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. back a little bit uh by the way this is uh the obsessive viewer we're a weekly movie and tv podcast that covers a specific topic be a genre trope movie or show each episode you can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com and subscribe to the subreddit at r slash obsessive viewer and this week's episode tiny is uh one that we're recording immediately after last week's (laughs) yes so you know it's a marathon recording session but we're reviewing Creed today, aren't we? Yeah, the documentary about the uh, 90s faux Christian rock band. I can't wait for this joke to be over. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the Funny or Die video with Scott Staff? That uh, it was like I did not. Oh my god, it's hilarious! It's uh, he reviews he reviews Creed as if it's a Creed documentary. Oh my god! And he's like, they re- they they cast Michael B. Jordan, which I mean, I don't I don't get it because he looks nothing like me, but. <laughs> It's uh that's funny. And he does and he doesn't like stand on the edge of a cliff uh screaming a solo in, in <laughs> into the wind and and it's it's hilarious. That's it's, awesome. It's really funny. Um from everything that I've heard he's kind of a douchebag but it yeah. that video is hilarious though. Nice. Um and then uh spoiler for that video for that funny or die video but he's like it's uh I can't remember the ti- the title of his fake movie review show, but it's uh but he's like, join me next week when I reviewed Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, but anyway, it's really funny. I'll put the link in the show notes and everything. Nice. But no, Tiny, this is Creed, <laughs> the 2015, uh, 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 not reboot or re re requel, but the seventh installment of the Rocky franchise. It's. Yes. Uh, yeah, the former he- world heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa serves as a trainer and mentor to Adonis Johnson, the son of his late friend and former rival Apollo Creed. Mm-hmm. And before we get into our review, Tiny, what what's your like kind of overall thoughts on the Rocky franchise as a whole? Um, you know, it was kind of a staple of my childhood, um, nice. especially uh, Rocky Four, because <laughs> I don't know, it was just like it was just so like over the top, like he's. Sylvester Stallone is like unbelievably ripped in that movie and you know there's the whole Dolph Lundgren is the the big old Russian the, the classic at least from our perspective the, the classic movie villain is the Russian you know right um it has the whole cold war aspect to it it's just it's just so much fun um i love that movie as a kid um and the first one is absolutely a classic yeah. the sequel rocky 2 is as a great follow up um but some of the other ones are just kind of I mean, really, I think the first four are good movies, and I mm. like them. Rocky Five is bad. Uh, it's just, it's just a bad movie. It's stupid. It was a dumb idea. Rocky Balboa has its charms, and and it was kind of a a fun a fun reboot to the system, to the uh, the franchise. We hadn't seen one, and we hadn't seen a Rocky movie in like fifteen years or something, mm. like, maybe more than that. Um, so it was kind of a it was it was sort of fun. Um, uh, and then. It was great to get Creed from a whole different perspective. Um, I was ex- I'm excited about the new the new entry in the franchise. Nice. So, I, I love the franchise. It's 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 a sports movie, but it's also or it's a sports franchise, but it's also a life franchise. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> my thoughts on the Rocky franchise is I I haven't seen any of them in a long time. Um, in fact, in the lead up to Creed, my my 
my brain, like the way I work is I, I want to watch everything chronologically in the lead up to something. So like if I'm to watch a, a, uh, like for instance, I would like to go see Mockingjay part two, but I haven't seen any of the other Hunger Games movies. So I mm-hmm. need to start from the beginning and watch again. And then, yeah, that's a poor example. But anyway, in the lead up to Creed, because we had passes, um, to see it and I didn't have nearly enough time to watch all of them in a row before heading to the theater. So, I just listened to now playing podcasts franchise retrospective of Rocky like all day at work. Um, I mean, on my own time, not when I was on the clock. But anyway, um, and I haven't seen Rocky Five or uh, Rocky Balboa, or should I say Rocky V or uh, Rocky uh, Rocky Seven: Adrian's Revenge. Uh, Simpsons reference, guys. Anyway, um, nice. I haven't seen Rocky Five or Rocky Balboa, um, but I do have fond memories of Rocky and uh, the first one. And I, I mean, I, I'm sure it holds up really well. I haven't seen it uh, in in many years, but I mean, like you said, it's a, it's a classic. Yeah, it is. Um, in fact, it's uh, Mike, our uh, co-host who is on sabbatical from, from the podcast. It's his number five top movie of all time. Rocky is, nice. uh, which you can hear him talk about in OV 106. Anyway, um, and I I liked Rocky Four, which it's funny because I think I think if I were to revisit it, I would kind of see how ridiculous and and kind of uh, I I don't think it would hold up that well for me, but I think that knowing you for so long and knowing your enthusiasm for it mm-hmm. makes me enjoy it more than uh than I would have without that uh, uh that so it's delightfully over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so in uh Rocky Three was probably the most forgettable. Um, because I don't remember anything about it except for Clubber Lang. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I kind of like the I kind of like the way that the franchise is. Um, I guess like like there's five Rocky movies and then Rocky Balboa. I assume kind of stands alone and then uh, it kind of it, you could say that it kind of bridges the gap to Creed, which I would think that maybe they might make it into its own franchise creed Mm -hmm. but anyway that's all conjecture that's based on nothing but um yeah anyway so creed is directed by ryan coogler who also directed michael b jordan in fruitvale station a couple years ago nice yeah uh it's michael b jordan as as adonis johnson and uh sylvester stallone as rocky and tessa thompson as the love interest bianca uh so tiny broad strokes what'd you think of it oh yeah go ahead broad strokes what'd you think of it uh i really really loved it Loves it a lot. Um, I thought it was a great. Uh, it it built on the themes of the franchise up to this point. Um, and you know it wasn't uh it wasn't a over celebration of of the character of Rocky Balboa. Mm-hmm. Um, it was we introduced this new character and he's the main character and it's mostly about developing him. And sort of tying up loose ends of of Rocky Balboa's past life, um, or his you know his past, um, it, it it removed a lot of the the glamour and polish from some of the other movies. Um, it was it was a more gritty exploration of this story and this franchise. Um, I just loved it. I thought it was awesome characters. Um, some of the camera work, which we'll get into, and some mm-hmm. of the filmmaking was top notch. Um, so it just it just had so many things working for it, um, and it just it, it 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 hit all the right notes, and I I just loved almost everything about it. Nice, yeah, I'll echo those sentiments, and I will share this. Uh, 
I'll share this Facebook post that I that I posted the night of. Actually, as we were leaving the theater, I told you how excited I was to post a Facebook post about it. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah, so prepare to laugh. Um, so uh, the Facebook post is, the status is, quote, I don't know, guys, unless something comes out in the last 41 days of 2015, I think Creed will be this year's best seventh installment of a franchise that began in the 1970s and features icons of the saga reprising roles to help pass the torch to a new generation of characters. But what do I know, guys? <laughs> oh, my God. What? Wow, Tiny never it? laughs this much at my jokes. Wow, you why must really it? like that. I'll why, have to... is why is it fun? Oh, because I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I really, really enjoyed... Um, enjoyed creed i like you said i i thought that it was a it was a worthy successor to my memory of the franchise really because <laughs> um a lot of the like like listening to now playing now playing podcasts retrospective of it i remember there's not there's there's some you know down moments that are not that high quality yeah um after the first one even but um to see the torch being carried and and the franchise somewhat reinvigorated with with a new perspective and uh like this is actually the first um the first rocky movie that it wasn't written by Sly Stallone mm-hmm. um and i think that shows there was there was so much heart in this movie yeah and there was so much the thing that i came that came away that i came away from so much was um uh the humor in it <laughs> Like mm-hmm. there's some delightful like uh comic relief and yeah. and the interplay between uh Creed and and Rocky is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um and and like you said the camera work like yeah like I I almost nudged you at one specific point to <laughs> say like did you just see that <laughs> because holy crap it was incredible. Yeah. Um which we'll talk about when we get more into the um discussion but overall I really liked it. There was some some Things that I I wouldn't call them issues, but um, the more I ruminated on them, I, I kind of found some faults in it. But other than I, I mean that those I'll get into here in a bit. But I overall I really really enjoyed this movie, mm-hmm. and I was so happy to see Michael B. Jordan. Uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a boxing um, pun, but um, to see him counter no, <laughs> to see him bounce back from uh, from um, uh, uh fantastic four fantastic four yeah fant fant four stick um <laughs> yeah because that was just an abomination that was just a total knockout uh of, <laughs> in the bad way um wow yeah you're anyway, really stumbling through I, this. I this is the second episode we're recording tonight tiny <laughs> um anyway yeah uh yeah so let's get more into the actual story and in, in, in the actual movie mm-hmm. uh that Single continuous boxing match take. That was so amazing. Right. That was so. I was. I was blown away by that. I was like, Are they seriously doing this right now? <laughs> I was seriously thinking that in the theater. Yeah. And it was like an entire match. It was yeah. like. It was like it, all in real time. Yeah. Yeah. It was just insane. Like that was the. Like that's something I've never seen before. Like that. Like that level of of um art artistry in in uh in depicting a sport yeah and just in the brutality of it the the violence of it like the it, it was the so well done the it. pace was in yeah. incredible um that's that's one of the more difficult things to demonstrate about sport is how fast they can be mm-hmm. like when you're in the the middle of a football play it's everything just goes so quickly yeah. or when you're in the middle of a wrestling match or a boxing match 
it's just it's just at the drop of a hat something happens and it's just so fast mm-hmm. it's it's really it's so hard to digest it when you're actually in it as opposed to just watching it on TV from a distance or from the stands yeah it's so much different to be in the middle of it and i think this is one of the best depictions i've ever seen of capturing the intensity and speed of being in it like a, one of the a world class athlete in a really professional sport mm-hmm. i was blown away by that scene yeah and i mean tiny i know i know you played football and did a lot of sports mm-hmm. in in high school and everything but i don't know if you remember but i was the i was the manager of the football team freshman <laughs> year so i know exactly what you're talking about give yourself um, more credit you played in the rca dome i did sophomore year yeah <laughs> and i had our friend kyle point to who i needed to block you played but on that field. i did you shared a field with peyton manning yeah, maybe he can give me money. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, that, that sequence was just insane. And what, what I loved about it, um, is, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it ran the risk of, you know, blowing their water early. Cause it's like the first, like one of two major boxing matches mm-hmm. in the movie. And, you know, when it, when it got to the, the, uh, the final, the final match at the end of the movie, I was like, are, are they going to try to do that again? Uh, which, which spoiler alert, they didn't, but, right. and I like that. I like yeah. that that wasn't, it wasn't like a gimmick. It wasn't like something like, like flashy. It was like, it was show offy mm-hmm. when, when it happened, but it wasn't something that it showed that they, that Kugler could, um, could, could do more with, with the genre and not mm-hmm. be this big, uh, this big thing. He didn't try to top himself really. Right. Yeah, it demonstrated that Ryan Coogler had a vision for this. Mm -hmm. He had a vision for a Rocky movie. Like he was so, it's, it's just, I wouldn't expect that kind of dedication for the seventh installment of a franchise. Right. Um, but uh, apparently Ryan Coogler is just a really good director and, and knows how to work his camera. Um, and I was just really stunned and beyond pleased to see that kind of dedication and that kind of vision in a, in a, Rocky franchise movie. I was knocked out by it. Um, <laughs> were you? Yeah, yeah. It was, I was, uh, I was stunned. Yeah, and, uh, I was and, out, out for the count. Oh, God damn it. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what'd you think of Michael B. Jordan? I, I, like, I really liked his performance, uh, a lot, and I'm, I'm a bit of a fanboy for him. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what'd you think of how, how'd he do? Uh, perfect casting. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of anyone better to play this role. I'm not saying his performance was perfect. Uh, I can't really think of how it could have been better, right. but um, I, I I absolutely loved him. Totally a fan, turning into a fanboy of Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Um, was a big fan of him back when he was on The Wire. Oh yeah. Um, and so I've you know we've both of us have kind of followed his career as a result of that, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm glad to see that, you know, he's not just he's carving out a space as a leading man. Yeah. You know, between Fruitvale Station and this, I mean he. He can not only can he carry a movie, he can he can elevate it mm-hmm. to a, a really high level. Um, and he has such emotional range. Yeah, like between this Fruitvale Station, even in The Wire, like he's he's just incredible. Like yeah, it's yeah, he is. It's amazing. He can be such like a. I guess the word tender comes to mind. He's such like <laughs> a, he can be like such a gentle person, but right. then you see him in this boxing ring, and he's just a force of force of human. Yeah human ability i mean he's just he's beyond athletic in it yeah. and just uh, in a a very um 
what's the word I'm trying to think of? A very uh, he's, imposing person. Yeah, there you go. But he can be so gentle and calm when he's with his uh, love interest in the mm-hmm. movie. Um, he, he, yeah, like you said, he has such a range to him, uh, mm-hmm. both emotional and physical. Uh, I, I'm so impressed with him. Cannot wait to see. I'll, I'll see him in anything now. Yeah. He's yeah. just great. Uh, yeah. I, you might say he's just on fire because he was the human torch. He was the human torch. Don't see, no, see Fantastic. I'm going to see it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just trash. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So he was, he was incredible and I can't wait to, do you think that he, that he could get, you know, some award recognition for this? Cause uh, he was snubbed for Fru- Fruitvale Station. He I, was. I honestly think he deserved a nomination for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I agree. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll see. You never know with the Academy. They're right. so hit or miss and they're so erratic in their decision making. Uh, it, it's definitely possible. Yeah. I think. And as of this recording, the, the movie hasn't even come out yet. We, we saw it right. in the screening and we're recording it the night before it is released. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm curious how it's going to fare at the box office too. I hope it does um, well. Me too. I really do. Um, and not that that would dictate whether or not it would be, you know, up for award consideration, although probably, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, and, and, uh, Sylvester Stallone, I mentioned that he, I, I haven't, I, I don't have the context of the franchise to go off of, mm-hmm. but he, he's seen so much, like, fully formed, I guess. Like, I, like yeah. my, my memory of him in the Rocky franchise is he's kind of this, uh, this kind of like, uh, I don't know how to characterize it, like kind of, um, slow-witted person. Yeah. I guess he's a jock. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. like he and speaks kind of so like there's there's par- parts of the parts of the franchise where he's, you know, it's, he's not he's illiterate, he's kind of a, uh, you know, he's forced to be an enforcer for uh, isn't it like he's an enforcer for or uh yeah, for like organized crime. Organized or, crime and stuff because yeah. he doesn't do he can't do anything else. Right. Um and that kind of that can dovetail into some of my thoughts on on the the my criticisms of the movie too. Um, eh, like criticisms, but, um, before, before that, I really, I thought that Sylvester Stallone was, in, was incredible. He was endearing and hilarious. Like, uh, like I said in my, in my broad, uh, broad, uh, review there, uh, the interplay between the two characters is just in, in the way the generation gap between them is depicted is just so well done. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, and if, if, if you were to stand outside, like if I were to stand outside of my life and like, imagine, like go back in time. And imagine that I went up to someone and said, "Hey, the seventh Rocky movie, where uh, where Rocky gives this isn't a spoiler, but Rocky gives um, gives Apollo Creed's son instructions on workouts, and then uh, and then uh, Creed's son takes a picture of it and then says, hey, it's in the cloud, I got it.' <laughs> like just like if I were to say that in the past, like that would sound so ridiculous. Right. That would be so <laughs> ridiculous. But it's it's one of the f- best moments of the movie for me in terms yeah. of comedy because it's just so funny and like i said uh stallone is just incredible like there's that moment where he's i won't say where he is but he's he's in a in a emotionally um he's in an emotional place where he's just sitting and reading a newspaper and i was like that's like that right there is like the most poignant moment of the movie for me mm-hmm. uh for that character at least yeah um i really loved seeing his character Throughout this franchise, he just comes full circle mm-hmm. because the last movie, Rocky, Rocky Balboa, was about a man who is—he's he, lived his entire life as a as a physical person. That's that's what he's good at—is 
inflicting damage on things and mm-hmm. people. That's what he's good at, and that's what he uses to make his way in the world. And in the last movie, he was dealing with letting go of that, and it was kind of a joke. You know, he like a 60-year-old guy who goes into a ring and fights a kid. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And like I said, that movie had its charms, but that's that's kind of a joke. But in this movie... He's kind of moved on and he's sort of, he's a bit of a shell of a person because he has all this knowledge and I think he, he discovers throughout the movie that he's good at, he has, he has some skills as a coach. Yeah. Um, and he has all this knowledge that he can impart on this new person. Um, and he, he kind of finds his new way in life through that, through that process. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's great. It's just, it was so great to see his character come full circle. There's no ridiculous physical demonstrations where he's trying to, you right. know, he's not, he's not doing any kind of crazy montage stuff like in the other movies where he's <laughs> like pulling a cart in Russia or he's yeah. doing whatever, running up the steps, which of course that has his charm. It's a great thing, but yeah. you know, we don't want to see an almost 70 year old man try right. to do those things. We, we, it, it's, it's fun. It's fun and it's entertaining and it's endearing to watch him transition into that role and i think this this is one of his best performances as rocky balboa maybe since the first movie i think i totally totally agree it's terrific um and it's he's so well suited for that like at this point in his life it's the character and the actor is so well suited for which i mean he he's in good shape like yeah he he looks good right um but it's just it 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 feels like and granted again i haven't seen the the franchise proper in a long time but it feels like it's it it feels like my perspective of the character is, is shifted and he's he's injected some new life into the character through this mm-hmm. new role where he's like it's uh like he's actually the age now that um um uh burgess meredith was when he played mickey in the first oh, movie oh wow um so it's it's just such a such a uh a fitting transition for the character and it fits so well. I yeah. mean, it's, it's really great. Um, yeah. So he, we talked about how in the first movie and in, in the franchise, Rocky's kind of this, uh, kind of like, un, like he's kind of forced to like, he, he's, he turns to boxing cause he needs money and he doesn't have like much, uh, much to do, mm-hmm. uh, much else, m- many other options, legally speaking. Um, and I, I think that, this movie kind of, uh, is the inverse of that. Um, yeah. Adonis is, he's a successful guy. Like there's a, there's a moment early in the movie where he's, he's, he has a promotion at this, at this, uh, what looks like a lucrative office job. He's wearing a suit and all that. Um, but it's, so instead of being a man who's forced into this, into this lifestyle choice and into this, uh, this career path, uh, he's, it's the story of a successful guy who's being drawn to boxing, um, and I don't think that that quite resonated the way that Rocky's story did. Um, and I kind of feel like maybe it's, maybe it's a reflection of the world we live in now where, mm-hmm. where, where people like in our age bracket, like they, you know, people, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of like people, people will follow ambition and follow their dreams, even if it means, you know, casting aside something, uh, lucrative and successful. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, it, it kind of seems like it might be, some some kind of commentary on this because it, it's not as depressing and dour as as the original movie was, but it still didn't. It, it kind of felt a little, I don't know, not not formed that well for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I I, under, I I I agree with you because yeah, the the rags to riches story is always more intriguing than just ambition. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because it's 
he like he said he does it, he does it because he has to because it's all he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's something to the fact that Adonis Cree or Adonis Johnson, right. um, he there's something to the fact that he chooses to be a fighter not because he's good at it. But because I think when you're a professional athlete, you do it because it's a calling. Mm-hmm. It's it's like some other jobs. Like no one's a cop because it's just a job. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you become a cop because it's a calling. It's something that you you yearn for. And I right. think that's the same thing in this story. And it's very it's very endearing and entertaining to watch someone in his position try to become a professional fighter because it's mm-hmm. I, th- I think for a lot of people, it's just not a very uh, desirable lifestyle. Um, yeah, and and the character gets called out on it several times in yeah. the movie, so it, it's it's addressed. It's not like it's maybe it's just and like and this isn't even really a complaint on my part. It's more of just nitpicking. I kind of felt like it just didn't resonate in context with the rest of the franchise or with the original movie. But uh, but yeah, I think rewatching it, I'll, I'll probably enjoy it more. Or I'll, I'll, I won't have a problem with this, but. Um, yeah. So, just so yeah, I think it's, uh, it's an interesting, um, parallel, I guess, between, or, or um, dynamic, dynamic, yeah, or, or dichotomy between the first right. movie and, and this movie where it's, it's kind of just the inverse. And it's, it's interesting to see now in 2015 what, uh, what, what a character in this, in this plot line would, uh, would, uh, go through, basically. I, I guess I'm, that's a really good point. I, I honestly hadn't thought about that. Nice. The the juxtaposition of those two. Juxtaposition. Stories. That's the word I was looking for. Oh, okay. But yeah. Um. Yeah. So so anyway. Uh. What did you think of the relationship with Bianca? Um. You know, I thought it was, it was a little forced. Like you know, the, like they're. I think they were going for a, uh, a Rocky and Adrian type thing. Um. Yeah. You know, I I think it's important to show the, the lighter side and the gentler side of of that kind of character mm-hmm. um, to, you know, they're not just, they're not just some brute who goes and punishes people. Um, they have feelings and stuff like that. So I understand needing to demonstrate that. Um, but I don't know. It just, it just felt a little, uh, a little um, ceremonial, I guess. Sure. Um, just, just like, well, there has to be a love interest. So <laughs> there's this, um, but I don't want to take anything away from, uh, what was the actress's name? Tessa. Tessa Thompson, I think. Tessa. Uh, hang on, I'm scrolling up. Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. She was great. Yeah. I, I'd never seen her in anything. I thought she did a really great job. Uh, she's really talented. Uh, has a great emotional range. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't just a. She was not. She wasn't just some empty female character love interest. Right. You know, she had she had a lot of her own. A lot of her own eccentricities, and she was a unique yeah. character in her own respect. So I, I appreciated that she she had her own talents, and she had her own ambition, and her own things to overcome. Yeah. Um. So I, I appreciated that, but yeah, it the, the, there could have been some more there. It was not as endearing as Rocky and Adrian. Um. Right. Yeah. I uh, I'll agree with you to a point. Um. And again, I haven't seen the original movie in a long time, but having just listened to, uh, the now playing podcast, uh, retrospective on it, um, I feel like Bianca was, was developed more than Adrian. Um, Adrian, if, uh, if the now playing guys are correct and if my memory serves correctly, uh, she was, she was kind of a hollow character. She, she that's true. She was. Yeah. She, yeah. she had like some social anxiety, social, uh, ineptitude. Um, yeah. There's, uh, like, there, like it's from, 
from what I've heard and from what I remember vaguely, uh, it's, she almost seems like she has like a mental disability. Yeah. Um, and Bianca is much, much, much more well-rounded character in my opinion. Like she, like you said, she has her own, her own ambition, her own dreams and her own obstacles to overcome. And that, that I think is where the fault lies with it is that hmm. I, I like that they gave her her own thing and, and her own dream. And like, I like how that, how that aspect of her life is kind of what um Adonis and, and and she bonded over is that they both have this they both have something that they're that they're working toward so much and it's and like they, there's a good parallel between the two characters. However, I don't think that her her ambition or her drive is uh was was really followed through that well. Um because you know it's kind of introduced that she has these she has this dream, she has something that she needs to overcome or or that she's going to that's going to stand in the way of her dream. Um, and then, and then she, you know, she, it doesn't really have a good through line there. Um, cause it's kind of ends with, uh, it's kind of dropped a little bit, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I've kind of felt a little, I felt like that was just a, that aspect of the story was a little underdeveloped, but I mean, it was already a pretty, uh, pretty big movie. So, it, I mean, it, it's, it was necessary for the plot. Um, especially in context with, uh, in, in service to uh, giving a well-rounded uh, d- uh, development to uh, Adonis and, and Rocky's relationship and, and Adonis's story, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and did you notice this? Um, <laughs> it seemed like the the movie was kind of toying with us with a few like kind of montage fakeouts, like a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like there was like two or three times where where they show like training, and it's like it's almost that Rocky montage. It's almost that that iconic that that iconic music and, that, and it's like oh man this is where he's really going for it but then then it doesn't it just kind of just stops and it yeah. goes to another scene um and then it, it kind of toward the end they kind of give the big montage and everything right what did you think of the montage uh i thought it was i mean they're so cliched and they're just so <laughs> in every sports movie ever but mm-hmm. you just have to have them because you know you have people when they when they think of sports or when they watch sports they watch the games and it's yeah. like, you know, you're watching two hours of football or you're watching 20 minutes of boxing. What you don't see is the three or six months of training up into that. Right. And it's, so it's like you have to demonstrate that in the movie because it's so integral to the development of the character that they're living a lifestyle. It's not just about going and fighting in a ring for an hour. You know, it's, right. it's so much about how you live every moment of your life. You can't ever touch a drop of alcohol. You can't, you have to watch everything you eat. You have to wake up at 5 a.m. every single day. And it's just like, it, it, there's just so much monotony and tedium to it that you have to demonstrate it somehow, but you have to condense three months of training into one thing. Right. You know, it's like, so they have to be there. So you have to try to do something with it that makes it fun or creative. So right. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mark those as a flaw or mm-hmm. a big credit. It's just something that has to be there. Right. Yeah. And I think that I, <laughs> I think I saw a tweet or, or someone said something somewhere that's, uh, uh, pretty much, or that might have been actually in the not playing part. I don't know where it was, but anyway, they said that, uh, Team America kind of ruined montages for all movies, basically. Right. So, but having said that, I think that this, the, the big montage at the end or kind of toward the end, it, it, it didn't really do it for me that much um Mm -hmm. because throughout the whole movie i'm kind of getting ramped up for like oh this is going to be like a like a like a uh 
spine chilling, spine tingling kind of like yeah. nice like moment, cathartic like training montage thing. But like, and, and there's some parallels. It, it run, it pays homage to uh to the original, to the original uh montage. But mm-hmm. like that if memory serves that montage was him running up the steps and finally like conquering this big thing. Yeah. And this montage is like, he's running down the street with a bunch of dirt bikes around him. Like, yeah. It didn't really resonate with me that well with right. that. Um, but I mean, like that's such a minor thing about the movie and that's such a minor point of the movie. Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was kind of, kind of silly. Cause it's like, he's, he's cheering as if he just accomplished something. And I was like, I don't really get what he accomplished. Yeah, that's true. Um, acceptance cool maybe. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But, um, it was an homage montage. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, but having said that, like, like Philadelphia was just beautiful in this movie. It was, yeah. Um, like, like they just captured this movie just, or that, that place so wonderfully. Right. It felt and, like Philly. Yeah. And it really brought you into the, to the world and the story and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, without going into spoilers, obviously, um, what did you think of the the final fight, the final match? I thought it was good. I mean, it's maybe a little bit predictable, um, or you know, I really don't know. It it was, I'm not sure what other um, what other outcome they could have gone with. I, mm-hmm. I think it was a good a good move. It was well, one or the other outcome. Really, well, I know, but <laughs> but it's like no, they're not not really because it's yeah. I'm just yeah. It was a little predictable, but I think it was. It was the right move to make for the characters. I think. Mm. I think it. I, I don't. I don't know what else they could have done that would have been as satisfying. Um. I think it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. It. It did. I. I. I agree. Um. And we talked about how you know the the first one or the first uh, the first the first match in the movies filmed just jaw droppingly spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I like that it, that this was more conventional. Uh. Yeah. Conventionally shot and everything and. Like another another nitpick, I I can't help it. Uh, the it kind of cut in between, um, the the match and then uh, different perspectives of it and everything. And one of them is uh is Felicia Rashad as um as as Adonis's mom, uh, at home watching it watching it on TV. And I kind of felt like that's just super cliche and yeah. super like it. It was out of place in this movie. It was because she was not a big part of the movie. Not at all. I think she um, should she should have been in the first act, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I liked some of the way that she was brought back in a little bit, but it was also, it just it felt weird. It was yeah. like yeah. Um, uh, they they should have either had her more displayed more prevalently throughout the movie, or she should have been dropped. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I thought it was a they didn't they didn't strike a middle ground very well. Right. Um, and I, I really didn't care about her character that much. I, I didn't either, because she was not like like you said, she just wasn't a big part of the movie. Right. Um. And and that cutting back to that, it felt like it was just super cliche. And yeah, it just was. Really, it kind of brought down the experience for me a little bit. But yeah. Um. I did. Yeah. And I, as for the outcome of the fight, it. I don't know. I I don't think it's really what I would have liked for the movie, but like you said, I think it did fit the characters and, and the story being told well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But um, yeah. um, can we talk about the experience in the theater a little bit? Uh, yeah, because uh, the movie kept cutting, like it kept back to Felicia Rashad and the people behind us. They, <laughs> I like okay, I. <laughs> I am notorious for for you know being bothered by uh, theater experiences and everything yeah. like that, but I honestly don't think that the people sitting directly behind us knew that they were watching a movie. Yeah, <laughs> because 
Oh my god. I th- I thought it was kind of fun actually. It's, you're told like <laughs> it, you know what it reminded me of and we've talked about it on the podcast before. It was back um I don't know when it was. It was either it was either the uh uh, 2015. Nah, it wouldn't be 2015. Anyway, it was a uh, uh, talking about as above, so below. How mm-hmm. yeah. basically there were people in the theater disrupting the viewing experience for me. Right. And since I'm since I'm a princess who demands <laughs> uh the the finest quality of movie experience, mm-hmm. it bugged me to my core. But yeah. you had the same thing. Like it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. Well, and at that time it didn't. <laughs> During that movie, it didn't bother me because the movie sucked, and mm-hmm. I think the the commentary was more entertaining than the movie. Yeah, but right. in this respect, I don't think they were being rude. They weren't. No, they were just very it's enthusiastic. Not like, it's not like there was a, a dialogue scene going on, but right. an intense dialogue scene between two characters going on. It was a big action scene. Yeah, and they were reacting to sports the way that people react to sports. You know, they were cheering. Yeah. And, and I thought it was kind of funny. Um, they were like, come on, get up and stuff like that. And, oh no, get back up and stuff like that. Like it was, I thought it was kind of fun. It's like they, they kind of, I, yeah. I'd almost say they added something to it for me. I, and um, I would not take any of that away from it. And honestly, I think that part of the reason why it, it kind of bothered me a little bit is because one of the reasons why I'm just not a fan of sports <laughs> is that for some reason, in my brain, for some reason, anytime I see someone enthusiastically reacting to something, to a sporting event or anything, mm-hmm. it, it makes me feel like a certain type of anxiety and a certain <laughs> type of like, it feels weird to me. Okay. And like, I, I've never been able to connect with, uh, connect with a, a sports fan on that level mm-hmm. in terms of, of being that enthused with a sport. Not saying that it, I have anything against it. Right. If anything, I kind of, I'm kind of envious about the, about <laughs> the emotional connection that people can have for a sport thing. Right. Uh, for a sport thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two words that sums up my entire point. <laughs> That's awesome. But to hear that in a movie, in my sanctuary, in my sports. Right. um, In my sports. um, (laughs) uh, It just felt off. It felt just kind of weird. It didn't bother me that much. Like, like Mm -hmm. I intentionally didn't say anything to you about it after, after the movie, because normally I'm the guy that's like, can you believe those? a-holes just right but i mean and, and see, they were genuinely into it and they genuinely enjoyed it like you said it wasn't like like uh they weren't screaming like oh my god his name is adonis creed he's apollo creed's son <laughs> but yeah yeah so you know uh, yeah well and also i think it was a packed theater we saw it in mm-hmm. um and and the comedy moments were it's always more fun with more laughter like, oh yeah you know, when there's more people that are laughing at the joke it's always it's always funnier um, and so the, the, the comedic relief you mentioned was even better oh, because yeah. of, I think, amplified, the, amplified by the crowd mm-hmm. experience. So, uh, it was, I thought it was a great experience. Yeah. And, and tons of like the, the whole theater seemed to really love the movie. Yeah, so I'm, they did. I'm really hoping that's indicative of, of the reception it gets when it gets released. Me too. Um, yeah. Uh, any chance for this being awards considered? I mentioned that for Michael B. Jordan, but anyone else or anything else maybe you just like i said you just never know no. um i might depending on what comes out in the next couple of months mm-hmm. and what the stuff i haven't seen yet i might consider it for certain things nice um i i really liked the script so we didn't we didn't talk about that 
very much, but yeah. I think it's a good thing that Sylvester Stallone didn't write this. Yeah, totally. It needed a fresh perspective. It just, it really just needed mm. it. Um, it needed to not be about Rocky. It needed to be about someone else. Right. Obviously, it's called Creed, but mm-hmm. um, it that that's the direction the franchise needed to go. Right. It had it had to move on. Um, and so I'm I, I was really impressed with the script they churned out here. It was churned out is the wrong word. The, the script right. they built, because uh, it's it's very well structured. There's very little uh uh needless stuff superfluous scenes or, right. or lines it's all very it's all very relevant and it's all satisfying and uh it was structured well paced well i thought it was great um so maybe script i don't know i i can't really say mm-hmm. right now but i think the movie for personally for me has a very good shot of being on my top 10 nice very, very nice shot. yeah um it's kind of up in the air for me i'm planning on just a just Going all out with the next, uh, what, six, six weeks of the year? Yeah. Uh, and just seeing as many 2015 movies as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll, it'll be something. By the way, I think I'm going to see Trumbo and, uh, um, Spotlight this weekend. Nice. If you want to check it out. Anyway, um, we'll talk off air. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, two things, two final things and we can go to Potpourri. Um, one, what do you think of the, the main antagonist, the, the big, the, the opponent at the end? Cause, yeah. I kind of felt like, you know, they, they kind of sprinkle some stuff in about him and mm-hmm. it's, it's better that, that it wasn't, uh, for, like a big, like, you know, Clubber Lang, like, like right. really big personality or big, uh, uh, villain role or anything. It's just, you know, this is his opponent. He's got his own, his own things going on, but, uh, it, I, well, you know, now that I'm talking about, it, I think that it was, it was done well. Yeah. It was done very well. Um, so what do you think of, of the guy? You know, the, the villains, villains quote-unquote uh antagonists in these movies are always just placeholders really yeah Um, it's kind of just on to the next one and they're a a lot of them are for the most part kind of derivative they're just kind of the same thing really they're 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 a little cookie cutter um but i mean you know clubber lang was like kind of almost evil really yeah Uh, whereas this guy was just kind of a jerk and he 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 just kind of embodied the whole bravado and alpha male kind of attitude that you sort of you almost need to have in a sport like this Mm -hmm. um and so i think he he demonstrated all those things and he was he was he was a solid antagonist i i didn't really i don't think it took anything away or necessarily added a lot to the movie right like i said just kind of a placeholder character yeah totally and it's and it wasn't about creed versus the guy it was about creed embracing his like like his legacy and all it's about adonis like, johnson becoming adonis creed exactly yeah yeah uh with a little rocky balboa sprinkled in there yeah um so yeah uh and then final thoughts and then we can give ratings on and go to property um franchise would would you want to see a sequel like following the adventures of adonis creed or would this be better as a one-off or uh uh or whatever like would you want to see four sequels or six sequels to creed maybe i don't know i definitely i think i definitely want to see more adonis creed mm-hmm. um how that's done i'm not sure um i i'm always a fan of less is more so at most just make it a, another trilogy yeah um you know i don't want to see i don't want to see six more right. creed movies um yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I'd like to see more, but I'm always cautious about that stuff. Right. You don't want like in 40 years to, for Michael B. Jordan to be <laughs> training the son of whoever the guy he fought. Today yeah. In this movie. Um. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I agree. You know, I, I think that it's good as a standalone, and also I wouldn't mind if it's done right, seeing right. a sequel or two, because um, it's a very strong character, and, and he uh, is embodied very well by, by Michael B. Jordan. And I think that there's there's not a lot of negative here to make me think that it would be uh, a bad experience to revisit the world. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Ratings. Any off the top of your head ratings? I'd give it a really solid eight. I would, I would do the same. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that concludes our review of Creed. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, next we're going to do potpourri, which for first time listeners, potpourri is the section of the podcast where we like to unwind and just talk about things that we're watching, things that we've watched, things that we're looking forward to, things, the news items that have popped up, uh, anything we want, as long as it smells good. And, uh, once again, Tiny, I have two things and then, and then you have one. Correct. Okay. So, uh, as, as I preface this last week, we did, um, uh, food documentaries and we're actually recording this immediately after that. So last week you heard uh, Tiny Pick uh, Absinthe as the documentary that I was, as a documentary randomly picked from my Hulu queue, my Hulu queue, um, to watch. I haven't watched it yet because it was literally like half an hour ago. Um, no, like 45 minutes ago. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, so that'll be forthcoming. And uh, for my potpourri this week, for my first section of potpourri, is something that I've been looking forward to for a long time. It's well, been a while, yeah. For the for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in December, um, I decided that in 2015 I was going to read more sci-fi. And so I bought, I, I, I judged a book by its cover and I bought <laughs> it at a bookstore. Uh, Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey. It's a, it's a, the first of the Expanse series, which my potpourri is the pilot episode of Sci-Fi's The Expanse, based on the novel, uh, based on the based on the uh, series of novels, uh, The Expanse by James S. A. Corey, which is the pen name of Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham. Uh, so far in this, in, there's nine books planned. It's from Orbit Books. I'm all over the place here. Uh, Leviathan Wakes, Caliban's War, Abaddon's Gate, Sabola Burn, Nemesis Games are all out now. Babylon's Ashes comes out next summer. And they also have many ebooks and everything. Uh, worth mentioning, I actually invited the authors onto the podcast to talk about adapting, uh, their work into the show, but, nice. uh, they directed me to their, uh, uh, their, uh, publicist person and they're obviously really, really busy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the invitation is still standing, uh, standing invitation. Uh, The Expanse. Now that all that's out of the way, <laughs> The Expanse is a, um, Basically, it's about a a future where humans have colonized the solar system, and uh, it's kind of a blend of you know, kind of noirish uh, horror, sci-fi kind of stuff, spacefaring stuff. Um, and the pilot episode, uh, Dulcinea, uh, was it is set to premiere December fourteenth, and uh, it's set to premiere December fourteenth. But what uh, Sci-Fi very wisely did was they launched it. Uh, it had a digital premiere basically, uh, on the 23rd of November. So basically what that means is that I woke up on the 23rd and the expanse was everywhere. You could watch the entire, and you still can, you can watch the entire pilot episode on Facebook, YouTube, wow, Google play, iTunes, I believe iTunes. Yes. Um, everywhere. And <laughs> if you've read Leviathan wakes and, and Caliban's war, if you, if you're familiar with the series, 
I I quipped online that that's a very uh, the the main one of the main characters of the of the books is in the show is called, is his name's Jim Holden, in the in like it's a very Jim Holden thing for sci-fi to do to just release it everything and it'll make more sense when you when you watch the show. But anyway, Dulcinea is the pilot episode. Here's a d- plot description. Uh, in the asteroid belt near Saturn, James Holden and the crew of the ice freighter Canterbury investigate a distress call from a mysterious derelict ship, the Scopulia, or the Scopuli. Um, sorry. Um, on series station, Detective Miller begins an off-the-book investigation of a missing heiress, Julie Mao. Um, first of all, the special effects in this show are breathtakingly beautiful. Uh, there's a lot of different varied environments. Uh, this series station is basically this, uh, this uh um this asteroid that's been that's been colonized uh so so there's like tunnels and and uh tunnels for for um uh like trains basically to go through and it's very claustrophobic and and uh, like a, a big part of the expanse is that there's conflict between the what the what they're called as as belters and earthers so like uh like there's there's it's it's a very expansive um universe <laughs> um and and so it's it's really demonstrated well uh, visually in, in the show. Uh, one of the downsides of it is that it, they have a lot of ground to cover, um, exposition wise and, and story wise. So there's like kind of a big exposition dump in the beginning of the, uh, beginning of the pilot. There's, uh, you know, title card saying like the year, blah, 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 blah. This is what's going on and everything. And then as soon as we see series station after just <laughs> breathtakingly beautiful visuals, mm-hmm. um, you just hear someone just spouting off like kind of a call to, uh, call to arms for, the belters to um to fight against the earthers and all that or, or the uh uh the inner planets or whatever um uh you just hear him spouting off like like literally like just spouting off exposition like uh one of the scenes in the trailer is uh he's saying like they uh we uh, they built a world off of our backs or something like that but anyway um anyway so so that was that was kind of not off putting but it was it was it was necessary but it was also kind of uh kind of bothered me a little bit um but the episode overall was just really good um and i'm biased because i've read the books and i'm a big fan of the books by the way you can read my reviews of the first three books on obsessive book nerd i'll put the links in the show notes um uh let's see so i one of my main concerns going into it is uh the character of holden because in the books he's a little hard to um hard to hard to like real sometimes like he's he's kind of got this got this way about him that's that's kind of hard a little off-putting in the books but like it's first of all i love seeing the characters come to life and and holden is fantastic in the show like mm-hmm. he's played by steven Strait, and it's like it, like from the word go when i first saw him i was like this is this is really not quite what i well it's it's what i expected but it's also just it it's more life to, to the character than what I, what I was accustomed to from reading the books. Cause I was kind of not off put by him in, in the books, but it's, they made him a fully fleshed character in, in the show from the outset. So I was really enjoying that. Hmm. Um, the, the kind of counter to that, the, uh, other char- main character is Detective Miller, who's played by Thomas Jane. Nice. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, I'm looking forward to that. He's, he's great in the, in the pilot. Um, but in, in, yeah. So, so anyway, it, it was really good. I liked it. Uh, you only get a peek at the characterization of, of all the characters and everything. Uh, but having known the, known the books, I, I know these characters. So 
I, I can't really speak to how how it's introduced in the pilot um, alone. So um, yeah, but but yeah. Anyway, so uh, I tweeted, and this this will be my final thing. Um, I tweeted about how great the visuals are and everything, and uh, Jeff Palermo, who he he hosts the uh, Sci-Fi on Screen podcast. Which, by the way, if you're a Sci-Fi fan, you should definitely check out that podcast. It's nice. Like he's it's amazing. He does. Uh, he basically goes scene by scene and deconstructs science fiction movies and like it's it's i'm amazed by it actually um anyway so he tweeted he tweeted after i complimented the visuals of of the show he tweeted that it's not very good though or it's too bad it's not very good though and then uh, i said like oh you didn't you didn't like it and then he said everything was just very cliched to me but i have not read the books um and you know it's a fair point and i and there are there are some pretty cliche things in it um but I would say that if it if it does the books justice, uh, which I believe that they will, because the authors have been working very closely with the production. Um, which at uh, 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 Ty Frank, he runs the at uh, James S A Corey Twitter handle. Like he's constantly tweeting about just production stuff and everything. Nice. Uh, but if if it does the books justice, which which I'm sure it will, um, it'll be a really great meld of sci-fi and horror and noir, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Nice. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> I was kind of interesting. It was interesting. I talked about how um, they did the digital premiere that way. And it's funny because I thought that like, oh, this is a really clever move on their part. And then I realized today when I was making my notes, like it's most likely because it was going to come out. It's it's going to air December 14th with two episodes, by the way. So so it'll be a new episode still. Um, but it's probably there. They probably released it early online uh, to drum up interest because the premiere date is the Monday before Star Wars comes Eek. out. So, so, so smart move either way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I previously talked about the expanse in, uh, uh, OV 96 from February, our post Oscars potpourri. Uh, so if you want to check that out, uh, it's at the one hour and five minute mark. <sighs> <laughs> so tiny, having said that, do you think you're going to watch the expanse? Oh, I'm definitely going to. Nice. Um, I can't commit to watching the whole, season or the whole series or whatever because sure. i haven't seen any of it but i'm definitely checking out that first mm -hmm. that premiere um nice. i'm really interested i think it sounds like a great concept mm -hmm. um and hearing your uh fervor for it mm -hmm. i'm i'm excited to see it i'm you know it's drawing a lot of comparisons to battlestar galactica uh, nice which i loved um, yeah which yeah and it's a lot more open than that obviously mm -hmm. but um because it's it's you know it's a lived in universe and and all that right uh, it's not confined to one specific place but mm -hmm. um in terms of just the world building and everything and, and the visuals i mean yeah yeah you'll watch watch it and let me know um because <laughs> it I'm, I'm really enthused about it nice um yeah so having said that what's your uh what's your potpourri uh, mine, uh, you're gonna be absolutely shocked. Uh, it's a documentary. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, my time is limited. I just don't watch a lot as, as much as I used to. And so this is just right. one of the things I've watched lately. Um, uh, it's, it's gaining a lot of, it's a documentary that's gaining a lot of, like, online buzz. Uh, a lot of people are talking about it. Um, it's called An yeah. Honest Liar. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's on Netflix and, uh, it's been on there for a few months now. Um, and I think a lot of people have watched it. It's, uh, it's this really interesting documentary about a professional, uh, magician. Um, the amazing Randy was the, his stage name. Um, he basically, he, he was a, a relatively well-known magician in the fifties and sixties. Uh, but he really made a name for himself by, uh, calling out 
um, hoaxers and like uh, snake oil kind of people who kind of the people that you see on like television who are claiming they can cure people of diseases mm-hmm. through the power of Jesus Christ and stuff like that. Um, anyone who's basically anyone who's being dishonest. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very interesting, very interesting uh, dynamic that this guy has set up. Cause it's almost hard to understand because he's a magician and he made his money doing illusions and, escaping from things he was he was kind of a a sort of a new age houdini he did a lot of escape stuff um so people sort of see him as a bit of a hypocrite but i I think there's there's a um there's a context it's all about context you know he's he's doing it in the pursuit of entertainment people are paying a small fee to uh be entertained for a couple hours that's that's what he did he doesn't like the people who claim they can uh talk to spirits and charge people money every week to come in and give them feed them a line that's feed them some kind of story that's helping their psychological development as a human being that's completely dishonest so he he made a name for himself in the 80s and 90s by calling these people out he he went on uh, the tonight show several times to uh basically prove people as hoax hoaxes um and he's it's just he's a very interesting man uh he's in his 80s now i believe um and he's still kind of he's still kind of out there doing this stuff and trying to prove people wrong and he's published several books uh basically pointing out what things are hoaxes and what things aren't Mm -hmm. um there was a famous man that he helped sort of uh the guy remained famous and, and, and held on to his career, but he was never really, uh, he never took off the way he should have. There was a guy who could like claim that he could bend metal things with his mind. Um, and he exposed him as a hoax. There was a, a televangelist who was, uh, he was getting pieces of mail from people and using it during the show. He had, he had an earwig in and someone was oh, telling him, man. telling him things in an earwig. And he was like, he was famous for listing off where people lived. Jeez. And really it was just someone reading an envelope from a piece of mail. That's so messed up. Yeah. Um, and so he, he made a, he had a career calling out hoaxers and it was just, mm-hmm. I, it's something that I really respect that he was so dedicated to. Right. Um, he's just a really interesting man and the, the documentary is done very well. It, it nice. actually is filmed during a i won't spoil anything but it's filmed during a bit of a controversy in his own personal life okay that sort of sheds some interesting light given what he does throughout his life what he did throughout his life um it's just a really great documentary if if you're interested in magic at all or illusions or uh even just someone telling the truth i mean it's just really it's a really interesting documentary i think people who i think anyone will really find a way to like it it's uh it's really cool very cool I, yeah that's been on my queue for a while or, or since it got added to netflix i think it mm-hmm. came up pretty recently pretty recently um, yeah yeah and i heard a lot of uh kind of chatter on twitter about it like there was some pretty good buzz about it so mm-hmm. i'm i'll definitely check that out soon yeah um it's good nice so to round us out for this week um i watched a feature film um <laughs> called slow west uh, I watched it on Amazon, 
And it's uh, it's a Western. It's about uh, a young Scottish man travels across America in pursuit of the woman he loves, attracting the attention of an outlaw who is willing to serve as a guide. Uh, this movie is written written and directed by John McLean. Uh, it's his first feature feature length movie. Uh, he has two shorts under his belt, one of which, uh, at least one of which, uh, stars uh, the one of the stars of this movie, Mr. Michael Fassbender. Nice. Uh, the the uh, the young Scottish man is played by Cody Smith McPhee, uh, who from The Road, and he's going to be in X Men Apocalypse. Um, also also starring is Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, who I'm, I'm just a big fan of from Bloodline and, uh, Dark Knight Rises and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also in, in a brief supporting role is Rory McCain, McCann, uh, who plays, uh, on, on Game of Thrones. He's the hound. The hound, right. Yeah. So, uh, so it's a good cast. And, uh, I really, basically it's, it's a Western and, you know, uh, Michael Fassbender is the outlaw who helps Cody Smith McPhee get across, uh, the country to find his, love um and uh, the movie i I really like the setup because it's really quick and goes right into the plot and and fassbender's entrance into the movie is is really is really strong um uh basically uh uh jay is is the kid the the guy's name uh, uh cody smith mcphee's character uh jay is is cornered by um by who, by who, uh, by an official who's, um, Michael Fassbender's character refers to him as an engine slayer. Basically, they're hunting down Native Americans, essentially. Wow. Um, and so, so Fassbender's character just, he does something, uh, to, to kind of, it's very, very, uh, quick and, uh, and deadly, uh, to the guy. And Jay just looks at me and he's like, he was, he was an officer. And Fassbender has this great line where he's like, wearing a dress don't make her a lady. <laughs> and I was like, that is, that's so awesome. That's and I was such a Western line. It is. And I was so on board there. Um, however, uh, this quick setup and, and get, moving right along into the plot, it's, it comes at a cost, uh, cause the movie kind of holds back some of the motivations and plot threads a little too much. Uh, like we eventually find out that, uh, Jay's girl has, um, a, a bounty on her. Uh, and then, and then it's introduced that they're being chased by a Mendelssohn who's, who's kind of the, the head of a bounty hunter gang. Um, who, uh, who Fassbender was previously a part of. And, and getting these details out just slows down the movie pretty significantly. Like, it, it's kind of a, not really a slog to get through, but there's, there's the middle point where it's, it feels like these, these plot developments could have come earlier and it, it could have made for a more, uh, a, a, a brisker paced movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny because when, when the ending comes and, and it kind of comes, it, it goes into a direction where you kind of, ex- you're kind of, I, I was kind of expecting the ending that it, that it was getting, uh, that it was getting to. Um, and it even felt kind of cliche at times because it was basically, uh, the end, the big climax of the movie is basically exactly what you would think this movie's climax would be. Um, and it's stuff that I've seen in frankly better movies that, that were more engaging. Hmm. Um, but then there's there's kind of this this little not twist but there's there's something that happens I won't give it away but it kind of turns that expectation on its head and I I really respected the way that uh it was handled it was almost shakespearean in a way hmm. um 
uh yeah and and it just it was it kind of caught me off guard and i really enjoyed that aspect of it it was nice. it was you know it was really good so overall i think that it, this would be a solid uh, this would be 6.5 but the ending almost brought it to a 7.0 for me um i i will pay attention to mclean uh, mclean's future because uh, i think that this uh, this was a good showcase for him um in terms of just visual style and technique i think he has some stuff to work out um but yeah and <laughs> And there was one moment in the movie where I don't know if this was supposed to be a, a, a if this was just supposed to be a, like a bit of subtle like symbolism or if it was this was intended to be as overt as it was um or if it was supposed to be a sight gag to loosen a, uh, lessen the tension in a moment which I don't think it was but there's a moment where uh, literally salt is poured into a wound like it's it's mm. literally like salt is is like is on someone's wound wow by accident and it's like i i cackled at it with laughter like it's <laughs> it's a pretty dramatic moment but i was like they're literally pouring salt into a wound and it's it's kind of it felt kind of silly and and i laughed and, and enjoyed it in kind of a morbid way but it also came at a point where uh the drama of the movie was I'll say it probably wasn't intentional to be that, mm-hmm. um, to get that response, but I, I kind of, I chuckled and I thought that it was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, oh, that's a lot of talking, Tiny. It is a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> next week, we are going to release our, uh, Starbase Indie panel, which, uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, it's already happened. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, like I said, we, we did the, uh, tiny picked a potpourri for me and I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Cause it's been like an hour, but I will watch it And tiny. Do you want to pick one more just to round us out? Uh, sure. I can. Okay. And then I'll do two. And then, um, I think what we might do is we might, if we have time, we might tack on my potpourri for these two things onto our Starbase Indie panel episode to kind of have a rounded, uh, a fully rounded, um, episode for you guys. So Tiny is picking something out of it now, and I will probably edit this out to streamline it. Uh, it's Netflix numbers 321 through 360. Um, okay. I'm going to go with 340. All right, so number 340 uh, on my Netflix queue. Um, hopefully that is a nice edit. <laughs> um, <laughs> is uh, Pontypool. Uh, from 2008, uh, the it's a zombie movie, I believe. Uh, Valentine's Day is off to a bizarre start for a radio shock jock when he runs into a crazed woman on his way to work, and that's only the beginning. Uh, I've been really anxious to see this movie, so I will watch it and I will report back. Interesting. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So having said that, that does it for this week's episode of the Obsessive Viewer. Yep. And uh, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. 
any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at Matt, Tiny, or Mike at ObsessiveViewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at ObsessiveViewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer and follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer, at Obsessive Tiny, and at I am Mike White. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, ObsessiveBookNerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.